continue our study of Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. We're in verse 7 today. I'm going to read 5 through 7. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Thus far the text. First week we talked about that mindset of Jesus and we talked about how the things that we mind in our life, the things that we think about, the things we dwell upon. Then last week we talked about the things that we grasp things that we cling to, the things that we clutch, the things that are important to us, and the things that were important to Jesus. He did not consider equality with God something to be hung on to. But he emptied himself and took on the form of a slave, a bond servant, a servant, one set in the course of working towards the good of someone else. I ask you to think about the term slave. And I, and I understand slavery is a very sensitive issue today. What was done in past years was deplorable. And, and pretty much from the time of uh, the early civilization, slavery was a part of the culture although it probably should not have been. But even in the time of Paul and of Jesus, slavery is a part of the society. And in some cases, it was a slavery that was chosen by the people themselves. I, I ask you to think about the indentured servitude of many of the immigrants who came to America in the early days of this country when it was still a British colony. And they would sign a note saying that they would work for seven years for the trading company in order to be brought to this, company, this country so that they could form a life here. But for seven years they were committed to working for the good of that company without any thought to themselves. In the Old Testament we have that principle of the Jubilee year which is the 50th year. And one of the precepts of the Jubilee year is that on that year, all servants, all slaves are set free, and all lands that have been put into servitude or handed over to someone else are returned to their original family. And why would that be unless a family finding itself on hard times might very well go to the neighbor and say, you have more than I do, would you take my land and then provide for me? And for a period of seven years, that land would become that other person's. And all of the wealth that would come off that land would go to that other person. But in the process, that neighbor would take care of the person that was down on their luck. 
Jesus made himself nothing. Think about that. I talked about the, the great paradox. In Christ we are Lord of all and servant to none. And yet in Christ we are servant to all and master of none. And how does that work? Sit and think about that one for a while. How can we be Lord of all and servant of none and yet servant of all and Lord of none? It makes absolutely no sense until you put Christ in there. Because of what Christ has done to us, he lifts us up to where? We are lords of the heavens through him. And as such would be servant to none. But because of that great gift he gives to us, we choose to make ourselves servant of all and master of none. I'm going to use you two as an example. You, you might want to crawl underneath the pew. Um, I'm sorry. I, your, your wedding is so fresh in my mind. And what a beautiful day it was. And to, to hear you two exchange your vows and pledge your life to one another to recall the conversations we had. And I could pick on you and Christina, too, couldn't I, Michael? I mean, we had the same conversations, didn't we? Uh, by the way, there's probably couples listening in many parts of this country that have had that conversation with me, and they know exactly where I'm going. When I talk to a couple that is about to be married, one of the conversations we have is, who's the boss? And the answer is, Jesus. You see, I, I said it yesterday, and I say it in every counseling uh, or every premarital counseling, counseling form. We can commit ourselves to one another because we know the other is committed to us. And so we have full faith and full confidence in that relationship that we have, and we have to hold nothing back because we understand he who blesses that relationship. And it's in that full commitment to the other person that we see that servitude, you can call it slavery if you wish, that the husband is slave to the wife and the wife is slave to the husband. But you see, it is, it is a blessed relationship because it is a chosen relationship. Christ chooses to make himself nothing and take on the form of a servant. Christ chooses to make himself part of every Christian couple's lives. To be a blessing to them and to help them in their commitment one to another. To be a full partner, 100% committed in that relationship. But that's what Christ asks of us as well in our daily life, in our life among the Christians and among those who do not know Christ. But you say, wait, wait Pastor, there's something wrong with that analogy. 
in my marriage, I know my wife is committed to me, and I can therefore commit to her. But in the non-Christian, they might not be committed to me. They might be only committed to themselves, and for me to do good for them would be to build them up and to tear myself down. Therefore, no, no, pastor, stop it with just helping the Christians and leave the non-Christian out. The love of Christ compels us to go beyond our comfort zone, to go beyond those that we know are committed to ourselves, and to serve them as we would serve Jesus, to serve them as we have been served by him. Let me ask you a question. When Jesus died on the cross, he knew that you were going to live a good and holy life and be worthy of that death on the cross. Yes or no? God shows his love in this. While we were yet. Come on, you know the word. Sinners. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ chooses that life of servitude while we were yet uncommitted to him. While we were in our life of sin. Christ doesn't ask us to wash ourselves and make ourselves holy. Christ doesn't ask us to get down on our knees and commit 100% to him, and then he will love us and die for us. Christ says, I see your need, and I am 100% committed to the very extent of my life in caring for you and in taking care of that great problem that you have. And it is my hope that you will commit yourself to me and that you will live your life in service to your fellow Christians and to others, that they might see my love through you and that they might see my gift to them. That's really where our Christian life is. We can't control the other person. All we can control is ourselves. Christ calls us to live in love for our fellow man. Christ calls us to love one another as he has already loved us. And therein is great joy and great blessing. To draw near and say, Lord, these I have brought for you, and I have nothing. I only did what you would have me do. I only carried your word in my heart and spoke your, your word with my lips. 
I only use the tools that you gave me to use. And they're all to your glory. This morning after service, we have a baptism. Uh, A year ago was the last baptism we had. COVID did a terrible thing. In that baptism, little Elizabeth doesn't have to prove herself worthy of God's love or God's gift of family. Little Elizabeth doesn't have to do anything to earn God's love and favor. Little Elizabeth receives a great gift from God. As God himself draws close to her and draws her close to his heart, that she might know his love and that she might know the beginning of understanding of that gift that he has given her in the slavery of Jesus Christ. Taking our sins upon himself, taking her sins upon himself, and washing those sins away by his own blood. Next week we look at the extent to which Christ would go to the cross. And I want to ask you, what is this week be thinking about? What is the worst thing, the worst thing that could happen to you? And I'm not going to explain why I want you to think about that. Be thinking about that this week. And we'll talk about Jesus and his humbling himself and becoming obedient to death even death on the cross. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.